and you're listening to the Talkline Network over WVIP 93.5 FM HD2, New Rochelle, New York. We are America's only Jewish radio program on regular broadcast radio on the Internet and digital platforms. Enjoy. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Gonna do with our children. What are we gonna do to show we care? How are we gonna be there for our children when they feel that life has just not been that fair? Good evening and welcome back to Mask's weekly radio show on Family Matters. Mask, mothers and fathers aligned, saving kids, kids of all ages and all stages for all mental health struggles, including addiction. If you know someone that needs a referral for a therapist, an inpatient or outpatient program, please give them our number, 718-758-0400. You may need a parent support group. We are still doing our groups via Zoom, so maybe you want to write down our number for yourself, a loved one, a neighbor, someone you usually would sit next to and shul with. Our number, remember, all calls are strictly confidential. Our number is 718-758-0400. Tonight, I'm really happy to have on with us the famous Lee Lofty from the Geld Charitable Foundation. Welcome. How are you, Lee? It's so wonderful to have you on again. Hi, Ruhama. Thank you so much for having me on again and for all the work you're doing for the community. We're really very, very lucky to have you. Well, don't forget, it is not a one-man show, one-lady show. It's That's true. with our staff. We can't do anything without our staff. So the cash cost, thank you, goes to them as well. Thank you. Lee, I'm really, let me just introduce you. Um, Lee is the director at the Gale Charitable Foundation, a not-for-profit that specializes in suicide prevention education. And Lee has trained over 5,000 individuals in the suicide prevention method. And I'm really happy to have you on again, Lee. And, you know, I, I must say, just the word suicide alone is quite frightening. Mm. So, um, but it's so important because we know that there are so many young adults, married people, it doesn't matter what age they may be that mm. are very suicidal all through COVID. 
and right. now going back in the world. So I just want everyone to know that we have Lee going into the schools. She actually speaks for MASK and for the Gelt Charitable Organization or to um, young adults in schools. And Lee has gone to many schools for MASK in the past couple months. And we're going to talk about her experience um, speaking to the young adults. So let's get right to it, Lee. You want to tell everyone, just remind my listeners, they may not have heard the previous show, about what is the Gale Charitable Foundation, please. Sure, sure. So the Gale Charitable Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started two and a half years ago. Our main focus is suicide prevention and mental wellness education. And we started, our, our team started the Gelt Charitable Foundation really to answer the call of the, you know, the need for, for suicide prevention resources to be available within the, the, the greater Jewish community. And let's talk about how suicide is really affecting the Jewish community. Yes, yes, it is. And, you know, what's... What's challenging about that is that if you would, you know, if you would look at current statistics about how populations are being affected by suicide, well, there's no statistic that shows exactly how it's affecting the Jewish community. Um, I think in part that speaks to the fact that this is not something that we've been, you know, as a society, we've been not so willing to talk about. And that makes it harder to know what exactly are the numbers. But from looking at this from lived experience, there are hundreds of people in the Jewish community who are actively struggling with suicide. And I'm not just talking about teenagers. I'm talking about young adults. I'm talking about parents. I'm talking about men in their late 40, you know, 40s and 50s. This is an issue that, is, that can affect anyone. And you know, we're, not, we're not exempt from, from struggling with this issue um, as a community. It's something that we're, that we're facing. Sadly, yes, very much so many, many, many suicides in, from community. And we really need to get, uh, be more aware and get trained properly. Yeah. So let's um, discuss the benefit of offering suicide prevention trainings in schools. Let's start with the schools. Okay. So when we go into schools, um, you know, the reason why we, feel that it's necessary and important for teenagers, for boys and girls in a high school, in their school setting and environment to be trained in this, in, in these skills is twofold. One, regardless of whether or not they're talking about it with the adults in their lives, teenagers are being exposed to suicide, either suicidal ideation of themselves or they're, or they're, or they're already supporting their friends who are struggling. They may not be telling adults that, but they're doing it. And a lot of it's happening over social media and text. So whether or not we, we you know, whether or not they're, they're being open with us about it, this is an issue we're facing. So we need to give them the tools because they're dealing with it already. The second reason why it's important to do it in schools is because when we provide suicide education, prevention education in a school setting, we always require that a staff member or multiple staff members are in the room. And this way it really creates a network of support in their school environment where they're spending so much of their time during the week anyway, knowing that there's adults within their school environment who understand these tools just like them and can be a safe person that they can turn to if they or other people in their lives are struggling. 
Thank you. We we get a lot of calls. And um, by the way, I just want everyone to know we're now at 25th year. Oh, we've had over 115,000 families joining in our programs. And we do get questions like, why don't you just train adults? Why is it necessary to train teens? Right. And I think, you know, training the teens, it's really about empowering them with resources. Teens today are struggling in ways outside of the pandemic. They are struggling in ways that previous generations did not have to face. That's not in any way saying that the, the, the struggles of previous generations were any less, but they were different. Um, and especially, you know, they're, they're, it's so, they're so easily exposed to things today that it's, it, you know, suicide is something that a lot of people are afraid of. And I will be honest with you, it's something that I was, I was afraid of the topic when I got involved in this as well. And, and really doing this work has, has, you know, kind of forced me not to be afraid of it anymore because it's, it's not something to be afraid of. But I think for teens, they're dealing with it anyway, and they're afraid. If we empower them not to feel afraid by this, to know their role, and then also know how to include adults and other individuals who can, in, who can help in the situation, they feel much more empowered when they inevitably will you know, face a crisis. And we talk about crisis. Let's elaborate. I mean... Teens need to be equipped to understand also when it's time to reach out for more, more help. professional help. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And and every workshop I give with teenagers and also with adults, I give them this example. I tell them, listen, you're a lifeguard. A lifeguard's job is, you know, to scan and protect the water and make sure that everyone's safe. And if they see that someone is drowning, then their job is to go in and do whatever necessary to get the person out safely. And if they see that the person needs CPR, then they perform CPR. And beyond that, they call 911 because it's not realistic or fair to expect that a lifeguard will also turn into an EMT and a medical health professional. So we have to involve more people. And you know, with that analogy, we really talk a lot about how do you identify who a safe adult is to talk to about this? How do you identify a professional that you can go to? How do you identify an anonymous hotline that you can call for more resources or more help or for, a, you know, a crisis intervention specialist? So we really taught, we really go through all the tools of what is it that you need in order to face this issue effectively? And not everybody she is with family members. So it may be right. a friend. Exactly. And, and more often than not, teens are likely to turn to each other than they are to even, you know, to their family members, to their parents, to their siblings, to grandparents. They, they will turn to their friends. So, you know, it's, it's like the same way that a lifeguard or anyone who works in a day camp needs to know CPR because it's an acrius to work with, you know, with young children without knowing how to do CPR. I look at it the same way, right? I look at this is, this is part of our responsibility is to give them this form of CPR. Now let's talk about the students. You have done so many programs in schools and Lee, yes. I do want to say that, you know, you get together with people, whether it's professionals or I get together with uh, community people and they're always saying, oh, but the yeshivas don't let in the professionals or the schools don't. It's not true. I want everyone to know that yeshivas and schools are opening their doors 
asking, some are begging for more assistance, professionals, therapists. So the tide is changing. It's really, really getting better about them asking for help from professionals. So I do want to say that. Um, last night, we did a program for uh, 30-something therapists on the dangers of vaping and marijuana and opioids. And there were people in the audience that said, oh, but the schools. No, I, I stopped them. And I said, we can no longer say that. Right. There will always be some schools that are not ready to bring in mental health professionals. But from my experience, and Lee can tell you, also from hers, because she's been in so many schools for masks, and um, they are asking for more and more assistance from professionals and trainings. Yes. So let's go back to the students. What kind of impact have you noticed while doing, you know, while doing your workshops on the students? Well, you know, it's really, it's really incredible that every school I walk into, I, you know, I have to go in with an open mind because you never know how the audience is going to react and you're never going to know exactly what those, what the students need. You can only hope to do your best. Right. And, and across the board and every school that we've trained in um, and it's really astounding, just almost the level it, 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 it's like a level of contentment almost that the students walk out feeling a sense of peace that it's like, okay, this problem isn't going to go away, but I have better tools to deal with it now. And I know that I can ask for help. So it almost seems like a lot of times the students come in almost very tense and worried, like, what is this going to be like? And am I going to be able to handle this? And they walk out with a sense of like, I can do this. I can help. It's, you know, we, we can, we can be there for each other and I have the resources to do that. Um, and I think they feel very empowered. Absolutely. That is the response that we are getting afterwards from them. So yeah, yeah excellent presentations. And um, do you see a difference when you present to girls versus boys? Yes. Your reactions. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's, that's, yes. So it's interesting because when I go in to work with girls, you know, the thing is this boys and girls will react very differently when it comes to discussing emotional and sensitive topics across the board. When I've spoken in yeshivas, what I notice actually, which is very interesting is that the the boys are very receptive and open and very hungry to address the fact that they're that as boys, they're taught that they have to hold their feelings in. And like, you know, that it's so interesting that that's one thing that boys really want to talk about is, well, how can we make it more normal for boys to express emotion without being told that they're being a crybaby versus with girls? They're very, many of them, most of them are very comfortable showing emotion. So that's, it, it's more, in, it's more, it's different in that I find girls workshops to be very talkative and boys workshops are very often the boys are sitting quietly. And it's only when the workshop is over that the boys will come up to me with a lot, you know, with a lot of questions and a lot of things they want to discuss, but it's almost like they have to make sure that it's safe to do it, you know, in terms of like, 
can I, can I talk about my feelings without being made fun of? Lee, you know, you travel around the United States. Uh, you train the, all the fire departments in Boston. You've been in so many different states. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering about, is there a difference New Yorkers to that Italianers, a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> um, you, didn't, you didn't think I was going to ask. I didn't think you were going to ask that. But you know, what's, you know what's interesting? The difference between the New Yorkers and the out-of-towners? The New Yorkers don't even, and I mean this as a compliment, really I do, they don't even wait for my presentation to start before they're already argue, arguing with me. And what I notice is that they're just so, like, they're so, I, I don't know what it is, but I notice they're so passionate about it that they just want to dive in and, like, get the knowledge. And it's it's very funny how when I go out of town, I find that the audiences are maybe, like, a little bit quieter. Um, well, there is a lot of noise in New York. <laughs> <laughs> that you have to speak above, so right. maybe that's why. Right. No, but across the board, I think teenagers today in every state and every city, they're just so hungry for connection. And and that's I find it to be a really beautiful experience when I can go into a school and make help the, the students make meaningful connections in their lives. Right. And and to the parents, they're not responsible if their child is suicidal. Um it, it's like a big burden on parents. Yes. You know, they they blame themselves. They, right. it, it, especially if a child has mental illness, any right. diagnosis, right. depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever it may be. Some of them are medicated and some are refusing treatment right. or medication. Right. So what do you want to say to parents? What I want to say to parents is really from my whole heart, you are doing the best you can to be the best support that you can be for your child. And you are the best support that you can be for your child. It might not always feel that way, but you are the best support. You are offering the best support that you can to your child. And it's really important to understand and this is not an easy thing to wrap our heads around, but it's exactly what you said, Ruhama, that we can do the best we can to, you know, you mentioned the fire department, so I'll use the example. You know, sometimes you will be successful in putting out the fire, and sometimes you will not. We do the best we can to protect and preserve life. We cannot take responsibility for the personal actions that people take. Of course, it's painful, and grief and blame and coming, I'm not saying that blame is right, but in the process of grief, many people, especially parents, blame themselves for, for a death by suicide. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a very long work in progress to be able to, to recognize that a death by suicide is like a death from, you know, from any other illness. I look at, at suicide deaths the same way that I look at cancer deaths. Uh, painful, very painful, yeah, very, very sad. Painful. Um, we had a terrible tragedy, terrible tragedy this week. Rabbi Zacharia Wallerstein was nifter, yeah. and he had connected with 
hundreds and thousands of girls that he has programs for. And I know you did a program for them, and I'm sure it was not only so difficult for them, how did it affect you this week doing that program? Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you to Mask for for connecting us with one of the, for, with that program and making that program happen. And we're really, it's really a schuss to be able to part to partner with Mask to bring these workshops to the schools. Um, you know, the girls were the girls this week were they were struggling. They they and you know what was interesting? I went into the workshop with uh, with the expectation that I'm not doing my regular presentation today. I know that they're grieving and I know that as a, as a community they're going through something and so I'm going to just let it roll how it rolls. And you know, I usually show close to 30 slides in a workshop. I think I showed maybe 10 because the workshop really at one turn point turned into a discussion of you know learning how to understand how to work through negative emotion to not let it uh, you know control or affect us. Um, how do we grieve and cry without feeling embarrassed? And it was, it was really, you know, I, I walked away feeling so inspired by them and everything they've been through and how they, and the perspective that they have on the world. It really, it, it really, it was really empowering to see. Well, thank you for doing it. And um, thank you for doing all the programs that you do with Mask. It's always wonderful. Gelt is uh, really a very professional organization. And uh, we're very lucky that we have you as the representative offering these trainings. So let's talk for those that may have just come in. Why don't you... Um, tell us again about guilt. And if somebody wants to do a program um, with guilt, um, they can reach out to Mask and we can arrange to have that program brought to your school, your community, your Y, your shul, your parent um, program you may have in your community or in your neighborhood, whatever. So feel free to call us, 718-758-0400. Lee? Yes. Right. So more about the, right. So more, (laughs) so Gail, we started the Gale Foundation two and a half years ago, really to answer the need of suicide prevention and awareness in the in the Jewish community. Um, we focus on providing suicide prevention and mental wellness seminars and programs. Um, and what I, the way I like to say it is that our programs are not one size fits all, because we train in such a different variety of, of backgrounds. You know, we, we train first responders and armed forces. We also train high school students. Um, and really our motto and our belief is that suicide prevention is something that everyone should be equipped with um, because you never know when you're going to come across this issue and you never know what, how one, one comment, one positive, a smile or a warm gesture or a, are you, you know, I see you're struggling. Can I help you? What can I do for you? Those kinds of, you know, those small gestures of humanity are what make a big difference and a big impact on people who are struggling. And that's really what we're trying to, to do. 
Yes, and that is why it's so important to get the word out and we keep having you on our show mm-hmm. to, so that the awareness for the community to be able to know that if you want a program, give us a call. Lee, there may be somebody listening that is suicidal. What do you want to say to them? Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that you're in pain and I can't imagine what you're going through that's brought you to this point. And I also hope that you know, or I hope that you can somewhere within you find the hope to live an hour longer, a day longer, two days longer. And, and please know that you're not alone. Your pain is yours and your pain is valid. And there are people in this world who can be there to support you and we'll support you on this journey. And, and, and I, I give you a hug and I'm sorry. Yes, thank you. Um, Lee, do you want to give out some hotline numbers for those people that may be suicidal, please? Yes, of course. So the first number I'll give out is the crisis text line. That is a, 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 a hotline that you can text or um, use a chat with, um, use an online chat and you text the number 741741. Um, if you want to use it online, you can go to the crisis text, it's crisistext.org. Um, and they have a web chat that you can use as well. The other phone number that I'll give out is the national suicide prevention hotline. And that's 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. 8255. And I just want to mention one specific thing about the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. If you're calling from anywhere in the United States, you can tell them where you're calling from, and they will connect you to a local hotline. And the reason why it's important in some cases to be connected to a local hotline is if for whatever reason you feel that you need someone present with you, um, they m- many local hotlines have the ability to dispatch a professional to your location. So it's important to specify that when you call the hotline, just tell them where you're calling from. Well, Lee, it's great having you on again. Very, very tough topic to discuss, but thank you for all you do. Thank you, Akama. Thank you so much. And I want to wish everybody a very good evening, a beautiful Shabbos, and always remember, hang in, hold on, and virtually still hug tight. Tonight's show is in memory of Simcha Shmuel Ben Moshe. Thank you, and have a good night. Please consider to donate online at massparents.org so we can continue with all our shows and our programs. Thank you. If you have been suffering with fatigue, pain, gastrointestinal problems, anxiety, brain fog, weight gain, and have been to doctors who haven't found the answers, the Kelman Wellness Center can help. Best-selling medical author Dr. Raphael Kelman, a holistic medical doctor and internist, specializes in unexplained complex health issues. Dr. Kelman finds the root cause of your illness. Through advanced testing methods and a combination of traditional and holistic healing methods, he has helped thousands of people, and he can help you too. Call the Kelman Wellness Center at 833-MD-HELP-ME for more information about how Dr. Kelman can help you feel your best. That's 833-MD-HELP-ME.
Learn more about the Kelman Wellness Center at kelmancenter.com. Call now for your free 10-minute consultation. That number again, 833-MD-HELP-ME. That's 833-MD-HELP-ME. Flights are being canceled left and right. Need to maximize your time and don't want to sit in an airport for hours checking in, going through security and waiting for your flight? Need to get there safely and securely without hassle? Paraflight Aviation offers the personal touch for business executives on private jets locally and internationally using the highest safety standards. They can put together a flight in as little as four hours with their 24-6 dispatch center. Paraflight also offers a host of concierge services, including ground transportation, jet and helicopter charters, and fresh glot kosher catering. Paraflight can arrange emergency flights for medical or family emergencies and funerals when time is of the essence. Paraflight's professional staff can get you there quickly and safely without the hassles. Corporate accounts welcome. Please call 844-538-1911 or 732-330-4400 or go to paraflight.aero, that's spelled A-E-R-O. That's 844-538-1911 or 732-330-4400. Paraflight, reaching the heights of success. Are you interested in hosting your own radio show and podcast or perhaps a TV program? Talkline Network can help you get on the air from one hour weekly to 24 hours a day. Ideal for ethnic, foreign language, medical, business, and religious broadcasting. We also have full-time radio stations for lease, as well as FM HD channels. For more information, please call 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. Or email zevrenner at gmail.com.